Are you an Aussie tradie and your paperwork is shady? Do the darkest farm side keep you up late at night? Are you sick of pushing paper? Swinging your tools the more you gave up. Call us the tricks of your trade. Welcome to the Tricks of Your Trade podcast, where we talk about trade business topics to help you get through business life unscathed. Does the bill to pay you late and your cash flow fluctuates? Do you dread the office work? Can't afford a full-time clerk? Consider working smarter. Don't be a business smarter. Call us the Tricks of Your Trade. Hello and welcome to the Tricks of Your Trade podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Serson, instruction adjudicator, lawyer and director of Tricks of Your Trade. Today on my podcast, I want to talk about the pros and cons of bank guarantees. This is something that subbies ask me about all the time because there's this perception that if you use bank guarantees, it will improve your cash flow, your business. And it doesn't always work out that way. So I really want to talk you guys through what are the pros and cons of this because it could well be that you can get a bank facility to use bank guarantees all the time. And it can be an attractive idea to go, well, I'll just give these pieces of paper out willy-nilly and then I don't have to have cash retention held. Uh, But when it goes bad, it can go terribly bad and you can end up having cash plus your bank guarantee held to ransom or alternatively, you might have to go to court to get that builder to give that piece of paper back. So uh, some of the most difficult negotiations or debt recovery negotiations that I've been involved with from the builder's camp involved me needing to get a bank guarantee back from a developer and I've I've been into negotiations with developers uh, where the builder's been in a bit of trouble and the builder has been really focused on getting the cash in the door getting a payment and you'll often find the developer is always thinking about the money too because money passing hands is a big deal But from their perspective, they don't really look at a piece of paper as money. And if you have to get a bank guarantee back from somebody who will not give it back to you, you have to go to court to get a judge to say they have to give it back to you. So you can't adjudicate on a bank guarantee. So that's the first con of a bank guarantee um, in our list of cons is that if your builder's withholding cash from you, we can use security of payment laws to get that bank guarantee back. But, uh, sorry, let me clarify that. We can use security of payment laws to get you the cash back if you're entitled to it. What we can't do is we can't use security of payment laws to get you your bank guarantee back. The problem is, because it's a piece of paper, it's not cash that can be effectively recovered like a debt. Uh, You have to go to court to get a declaration from a judge that the builder has to give you back that bank guarantee. Now, if you're using bank guarantees for amounts less than $25,000, it will cost you more than the value of the bank guarantee to get the decision from the judge. So bear that in mind. And if you can use that as a yardstick in terms of, is it worth me putting these bank guarantees out into the world? Because the example I gave you earlier of where I went into a negotiation with a builder um, because the developer wasn't giving back a bank guarantee, but there was also several hundred thousand dollars owing that bank guarantee was only worth $14,000 and it was for a part payment in a lift, right? And so here I am trying to do absolutely anything I can to get this $14,000 bank guarantee. And when we left that negotiation, I was so victorious because I managed to get the developer to hand me the bank guarantee at the meeting. And so I'm sitting in the car with the builder celebrating and this guy is looking at me like I'm an absolute lunatic 
because I knew that I could get him the rest of his money in adjudication, which we ended up doing. Um, it just took another couple of weeks to get that sorted out. But I knew that the most difficult thing for me to get would be that little piece of paper, $14,000 written on it. So bear that in mind, you can't adjudicate a bank guarantee, but you can adjudicate cash. So um, the next con is that if your builder can hold your bank guarantee, your builder can still hold cash under the contract as well. It won't be called retention, but the builder is allowed to hold or set off money against your payment claims if you haven't complied with your obligations under the contract. Now, people watching this or listening to this might be thinking, well, hang on a second, there's some rules around that. You're not allowed to have a damages claim in adjudication and things like that. By all means, that's right. But if you put aside adjudication and look at it from a perspective of, is the builder entitled to set off a deducted amount under my contract? If it went to court, that entitlement would exist in the contract for the builder regardless of the fact that adjudicators can't make those decisions. So um, I need to probably backpedal and explain that a little bit more. When you are debt recovering and you use adjudication for debt recovery, an adjudicator isn't allowed to decide what's called a damages claim. A damages claim is an unquantified amount in the contract. So it's an amount that there is no calculation for or method to calculate in the contract. So liquidated damages is a liquidated amount or a quantified amount because it's written in there, the rate per day. Um, if you've got day works and you've got hourly rates, if there is a formula or method in the contract so that somebody can actually do the maths behind what the builder's trying to deduct or pay, that is an amount that an adjudicator can decide. What an adjudicator can't decide is come up with some kind of method of calculating damages that the builder can deduct from your payment claim. So that's what they call a damages claim. And the courts have said, no, that's a, that's a matter for the courts. You have to take, if you have a damages claim and you want to sue for damages, you have to take that to a court to get that properly processed. Adjudicators have such short timeframes to be able to help people in adjudication that they, they just simply don't have the time nor all of the evidentiary documents or the evidence and cross-examination of witnesses and things like that the courts are able to draw upon to be able to do that process properly. So just to backtrack, if your builder wants to deduct an amount from your payment claim, your builder can still do that in ex as well as hold your bank guarantee. So just because you've got a bank guarantee in there doesn't mean the builder can't also hold cash. Now, I've seen this go bad where there's been a big dispute. The builder's held on to the bank guarantee but has also turned the tap off on payments for the subcontractor. Subcontractor's now got no cash flow. And their bank's really unhappy because the bank guarantee is outstanding, supposed to be returned because the defects liability period ended. And then the builder has gone and cashed in the bank guarantee as well. So this is where it can get extremely difficult. If you're giving a bank guarantee, you have to give the bank guarantee at the start of the contract. Whereas if the builder is holding cash from you, you are going to be two or three months at least into the job before you hit the 5% of your contract sum. The builder can no longer hold retention on you. So bear that in mind. If you're using bank guarantee, this is con number three. If you're using bank guarantees, you have to give them when you sign the contract. But usually within 14 days of signing the contract, you have to give your bank guarantee. Whereas if you're having cash retention held progressively from your payment claims, the risk is lower for you because the builder doesn't have your money in their pocket yet. The builder will accrue money in their pocket as you carry out work. So the amount of time that you have uh, 
the builder has available to it to take action against you is shorter because you're not giving them cash right at the start of the job. Now, if you uh, are um, getting a bank guarantee for unfixed goods, you need to be aware that that will be in excess of your retention amount in the contract. So a bank guarantee for unfixed goods is one thing. Retention is a separate thing entirely. Now, retention should only be 5% of your contract sum to a maximum. That's industry standard around Australia, but also in some states and territories, there are statutory limits on how much retention a builder can hold on you. So 5% uh, is typically the ceiling on what builder can hold. If you get paid for unfixed goods, which means you're getting paid for something before you either deliver it to site or you get paid for it when it's at site but it's not yet installed, then you're getting paid for unfixed goods. Oftentimes a builder will ask you for a bank guarantee for that. That can be an attractive idea because usually it's being dangled a very big deposit. So it could well be the builder says, look, I'll give you a $350,000 deposit for you to order these things, this very big ticket item to bring to site, um, but I'm going to need a bank guarantee for that. Now, if your contract retention amount, your maximum retention amount was only going to be $100,000 and then you, in addition, give the builder a $350,000 bank guarantee, you've now got $450,000 in retention or security. The builder is holding that in security against your performance under the contract. You will find that those bank guarantees that you're asked to provide won't just talk about the unfixed plant and equipment. They will talk about you guaranteeing all of your obligations under the contract. So the builder has the ability under the contract and with the bank guarantee document itself to use that bank guarantee if you default for some other obligation. And that could well be a programming issue that's outside of your control. So bear in mind when you are giving the builder security to this value, you're putting yourself at very high risk. You're effectively giving the builder, even though it seems like you're getting a deposit, you're giving the builder security equal to the cash payment. So the builder's getting, the, what the builder is doing is very low risk in giving you a deposit that size. If you get a deposit in May or June of every year, you need to be extremely careful that you're not babysitting the builder's money over the end of financial year and paying tax on that money. So I'm not an accountant, please take your own accounting advice, go and talk to your accountant about it if you're going to be given a deposit. It could well be that something gets put on your balance sheet and it's all sweet, but you need to be very careful that if the builder gives you a very big deposit just before the end of the financial year and you don't have the time or the ability to lock in orders with suppliers for that equivalent amount, you could end up paying tax on that money and it could be a really big disaster. So um, bear that in mind. Now, just to circle back to this bank guarantee for unfixed goods, when the builder, uh, when you deliver the, the unfixed goods to site or when the builder gets ownership of those unfixed goods under the contract, the contract will say at what point the builder owns the goods. It could be when the builder makes the deposit payment to you. It could be when it is delivered to site. It could be when it's installed. It's most likely when the builder makes the payment. You need to do two things about that. The first is you need to understand whose insurance needs to cover that item because it could well be that your insurance policy says that you're only covered for items that you own and if title has passed to the builder, 
in that process, you could be in a situation where those goods are not owned by you. And that's not something that your insurance uh, policy is going to cover. The second thing you need to know is what the clause is in the contract that says the builder has to release your security for unfixed goods when the goods are delivered safely. So when you have done what you were supposed to do with those goods that the builder's giving you the, de the deposit for, there needs to be a clause in the contract that says, you're not allowed to keep my bank guarantee anymore, Mr. Builder, give it back to me. And if you have no clause in the contract that requires the builder to return the security, you could be in a situation where the builder gets to keep your bank guarantee until the end of the job. We have seen that happen where builders have refused to return security for unfixed goods and we can't point to a clause in the contract that says, oh, the builder's supposed to give it back now that we've delivered those goods. And you'll find that the form of unconditional undertaking, which is usually what document is called that gets you the bank guarantee, it's the contract that you have to sign to give to the banks. The bank is the piece of paper to the builder. It will say that you are guaranteeing all of your obligations under the contract and there's no expiry date. So if there's no expiry date and you are guaranteeing all of your obligations under the contract, you could end up having a bank guarantee in circulation until the end of the defects liability period and you never wanted to have that in the first place. So if it feels too good to be true, sometimes it's just too good to be true, guys. Like there's this is more there's more unprecedented deposits being given out at the moment than there has been in as long as I can remember in the industry. And it's really strange that that is happening while builders are going broke left, right and centre. So we need to stop and think, well, hang on a second, what's really going on here? If I'm being dangled a carrot to sign this document or give this bank guarantee or you want me to do something but you're dangling me a carrot, what's really going on here? What are all of the implications? Now, again, I'm not an accountant. Please take your own accounting advice on this point. But in a lot of instances, subcontractors tell me that even if they do get a deposit, they can't spend the money because the bank is saying that if you want this bank guarantee, you have to keep so much money cash at bank. Now, that's usually because it's not smart business practice to keep all of your assets, so your plant equipment, your trucks, your rigs, all your things, that are assets of value, it's not smart to keep those in your business operating entity, the bulk of them anyway, because if somebody was to sue you, there would be something there to sue for. Just like you wouldn't keep your home, your, your home, your family home uh, in your business or somewhere attached to your business, if possible. Guys, I say this, but I understand that when you are uh, asked to do financial reporting to keep your licences, that you do sometimes have to make decisions to put collateral up or to say, look, um, this, there's this financial asset that I'm willing to guarantor so that I can hold my, hold my licence. That is a commercial decision and there's less risk attached to that because you have control over how that unfolds in a different way. What you need to be thinking of is, how much power am I giving the builder here? So if you have a business that doesn't hold assets like trucks, land, factories, equipment that is valuable enough for you to be able to have bank guarantees without, and without having to keep the money in the bank account to keep or sustain those bank guarantees, there's no point in you getting the deposit because you can't spend it. So... This is one of the biggest cons, I think, with bank guarantees. And builders will gaslight you over this. They will say to you, 
don't you have the money? Are you not solvent? I'm really worried about your financial situation if you can't get a bank guarantee. Well, actually, most business people don't keep truckloads of money in their operating account. It's just smart business practice. It's good asset protection not to have those things in there. And that's why most of us have a few companies or a little group of companies where we keep our assets separate. So um, there are ways that you can explain that to your builder so they'll understand. And there's also ways that you can get your accountant to write them a little letter to explain that you don't hold your assets in your trading company or that sometimes your accountant can just write a letter to say that you've got a sustainable business with healthy cash flow and that it wouldn't be an issue doing what you've got to do. So when it comes to your bank guarantees, I want you to just think about it when you're being offered uh, this gift. Builders will sell this to you as I'm doing you a favour by giving you a deposit. So then you're going to be on the back foot thinking, well, hang on, I've got to be grateful here. I, you know, I should be grateful for this builder giving me a deposit. Look at this gesture of trust. Well, sometimes it's not a gesture of trust at all. Sometimes there are ulterior motives and sometimes it can be more calculated than you think it is at the time, particularly if the builder is getting security from you well in excess of 5% of your contract sum, has the ability to cash in that bank guarantee for any reason whatsoever and can do it without giving any notice to the bank and the bank manager doesn't even have the right to call you before they pay the money out. That's what those bank guarantees will, will say is that you cannot go to court and get an injunction to stop that builder from using that bank guarantee. So you're going to really be at the mercy of what the builder does with that bank guarantee that you're giving to them. Um, so bear that in mind, it's not always what it seems. So I hope that's helpful in terms of bank guarantees to help you do a little bit of a decision tree. And the way I look at it when clients come to me is, first of all, is the bank guarantee going to be for more than $25,000? If the answer is no, I tell them not to bother because it shouldn't really make that much of a difference to their cash flow unless they've got $50,000, $25,000 ones out in the ether. But then when I explain to them how much it would cost for us to get any one of those back if we had to, uh, usually they'll start to think, well, hang on a second, that's probably not going to be great if we have to go to those measures. And then we look at it and go, okay, what is the bank guarantee for? If it's for retention and the subcontractor is happy to use bank guarantees instead of cash retention and you have the assets in your company so that it, it doesn't mean you can't spend the money that comes in, uh, then I support that. That's what you want to do as a business practice. However, uh, if you're being asked to give bank guarantees for some other reason and there's a carrot being dangled there like a deposit, you need to look a little bit closer and go, well, hang on, what's the timing of the deposit? How long have you got this bank guarantee for? What does the bank guarantee guarantee? And uh, when do you have to give me back the bank guarantee once I've performed my part of the bargain? So if you can't answer those questions, you really need to be getting some advice about uh, what you're about to do. And you can do that just by contacting me through my website. I usually can talk to somebody about that in about 45 seconds and get to the bottom of exactly from a practical sense what they're trying to do with the job. And um, yeah help you make that decision. So um, if you've got any questions about this podcast, please drop me an email, questions at tricksofyourtrade.com.au uh, or you can head to my website and just hit the contact form and uh, send me a note.
If you have any questions about what I've talked about on this podcast, feel free to drop me a good old-fashioned email at questions at tricksofyourtrade.com.au. If you would like a systematic approach to your contract administration and getting paid, head on over to our website and check out the Subbies Toolbox. You won't be disappointed there. And just one last time, our web address is www.tricksofyourtrade.com.au. Are you an Aussie tradie and your paperwork is shady? Do the doggers farm side keep you up late at night? Are you sick of pushing papers? Swinging your tools the more you gave up. Call us the tricks of your trade! Welcome to the Tricks of Your Trade podcast, where we talk about trade business topics to help you get through business life unscathed. Does the bill to pay you late and your cash flow fluctuates? Do you dread the office work? Can't afford a full-time clerk? Consider working smarter. Don't be a business smarter. Call us the Tricks of Your Trade.